Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Thank you so much for joining us. There's a lot of podcasts you can listen to in the world, but you're here with us, and I appreciate that. Great show today. We have Peter of LeafWire. LeafWire is a LinkedIn for the cannabis industry. That's 1.0 anyway. 2.0, which is coming soon, is going to change the way you experience cannabis conferences and events. They're building an app, which is going to be Really, really important and really awesome for networking for cannabis folks, all you wonderful executives and founders and investors that go to these big conferences. Now you'll have a way to tap in and communicate and connect and network and really looking forward to how that's going to come together. They're raising money right now to get that off the ground. If you want to talk further to Peter, encourage you to do that. I think you're going to really enjoy the episode, guys. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up get acquainted. Hey, if you listen to the show every week and you get a lot of value out of it, you like it, let us know. Write us a review on Apple or Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to it. Uh, Please do that. Really helps us show a lot and make sure other people can hear this great content. All right, let's get into the episode with Peter of LeafWire. Peter, good. So good to see you, man. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Uh, It's going well. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Uh, let's get you started on an easy one. What's LeafWire? LeafWire is like LinkedIn for the cannabis and hemp industries. Uh, it's essentially a business platform for the entire business community to get together. Very, very much focused on anyone who's interested in the business of cannabis or hemp. Yeah, so I've spent a lot of time on the platform and it does look a lot like LinkedIn. I think yeah. the first question anybody would ask is like, Why do we need a cannabis-specific network? Right. And that's a great question, one that we get a lot. Um, There's a couple of primary reasons. Uh, One is just that LinkedIn is so big, and it's everything to everyone. Uh, They have 600 million members. So it's it's like twice the population of the United States. Um, And it's hard to have a lot of focus on any one industry when you're that massive, and you're, you're trying to serve so many different kind of needs for people. Uh, so one thing that people tell us is that what they love about LeafWire is they can come onto LeafWire and know that every single person they're going to be connecting with and communicating with is in the business of cannabis and hemp. They know they're going to see 100% news and events all about you know cannabis and hemp. Um, it's a great resource for things like events. We have an entire events tab where people... Uh, can post events for free. And a lot, and a lot of our um, members offer discounts uh, to LeafWire members. Uh, so it's a way you can actually save some money if you're actively going to events around the, you know, around the country. Uh, we also have a job board. It's 100% cannabis jobs. Uh, we have about 2,000 jobs on there. So the focus is, is a big part of it. Um, and there, you know, there still is stigma. Like people, people who are in the industry or, or live in a state where it's legal kind of forget that it's still illegal in more states recreationally than it is legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And almost everyone has family members or colleagues or, um, you know, people they used to work with who are in states where it's illegal that aren't necessarily as knowledgeable or aware of cannabis um, and and may look down on it. Uh, And and a lot of people don't know if if cannabis is going to be the last industry they work in. Uh, if they want to work for an investment bank, if they want to work for, uh, you know, a big Fortune 500 company, the fact that there's a lot of information about cannabis on their LinkedIn profile uh, may be harmful to them still. 
um, so it, it still is, you know, with being federally illegal, it still is, you know, a, a relatively big stigma that's not going to go away. You know, even if it does become legal, every state's going to have to legalize it one at a time. So, mm -hmm. and that's going to take years. I mean, if you think of uh, the, the alcohol industry, you know, even when alcohol uh, was, was made federally legal after, pro after prohibition, um, there were still decades and decades where every state had different rules. Some were, some were 21, some were 18, some you can't buy on Sundays. Um, still like that, some places. It's still like that, yeah. So it's, there, it's gonna be many years before the stigma goes away, probably you know, almost another generation, another 10, 15 years, maybe 20, until you know, a lot of our kids are in our position and they're used to cannabis being a, a legal recreational uh, drug and or just a medicine. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just gonna take a while for that stigma to go away. And we still see you know, YouTube, Facebook, Google, take down people's pages all the time and just, just freeze them. You know, you can, if you just have the word cannabis on any of those platforms, your entire account can just be uh, suspended. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Um, and there's a lot of different types of users that can get a lot of value out of this. I mean, just thinking through it, like one example you gave that I didn't really think about, but is you're an investor, say you're a Wall Street person or a lawyer or something, and you want to explore the industry, you can't do that on your normal LinkedIn, right? You can't say, I'm, a, I'm looking to invest in cannabis. And if you go right. on traditional network, you can explore and connect with people sort of ambiguously. Well, I mean, your name's on it, of course, but not in right. your other network. So yeah, no, that's very, very compelling. Um, and then there's a lot of different angles here, right? I mean, there's company pages, there's the marketplace that I saw where you can get discounts and stuff. I mean, you really thought about this from a lot of different angles. Um, is there kind of a group that you think really should be using this that isn't today? You know, like, is there a next kind of segment of people that you want to bring on? Um, you know, one, one new kind of uh, up and coming industry uh, is psychedelics. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty hot right now. And we're seeing more and more people posting information about psychedelics, uh, not just the, the science behind it, but actual investment opportunities. Uh, we're seeing a lot of events uh, around psychedelics, uh, specifically investing in psychedelics is a pretty hot topic right now. Uh, so I would expect to see uh, a much bigger usage from people who are interested in that as well. Because there, there's obviously a ton of crossover between cannabis, hemp, um, and psychedelics. They're just regulated industries. And a lot of the same companies are, are, are making the products, uh, selling the products, marketing the products. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would guess once psychedelics are more legalized, you're going to be seeing this uh, in, uh, in dispensaries being sold as well. Mm -hmm. um, and where, do, where does all this data come from? Like there's a lot of events posted on it, the job board. Is this all user generated or where is it coming from? Most of it is user generated. I mean, we have a news feed that runs down the center, just, just like, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook, where people post articles, people post uh, questions uh, for the group, people post uh, information about events. Um, a, a lot of people uh, like to post about new products they're launching, things like that. So we, we definitely do uh, depend a lot on our community to really generate a lot of that content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they've been doing it. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. I was just looking through everything. Um, on the job board side, is that a 
um, a revenue model for you? Is that something that like, you know, you, are you going to be a automated uh, recruiter and take, take, take commissions? Is that part of the plan? Uh, yeah. I mean, we do generate some revenue from it right now. It is yeah. a monthly fee to post jobs. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a lot of those during the pandemic, we've been kind of letting people post jobs for free doing like 90 day trials, partly just because uh, we, we want to be a good part of the community, help support the industry. And, you know, for the job board to really be effective, we wanted as many jobs on there as possible. Um, so, yeah, it, I, and I do think long term, it could be if not our biggest, one of our biggest revenue streams. Uh, if you look at uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn generates, I think about 60% of their revenue from jobs and fees paid by uh, companies and recruiters. Mm-hmm. So we are looking to expand and build a lot more tools uh, for, for recruiters to use uh, to make it easier to kind of find the right people with the right experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why people use LinkedIn, right? It's like, I need a job. How do I find a job? That's like their first stop. In, in right. Yeah. Um, so software development is tricky. Uh, I have an early stage software background, and I think most people that use LinkedIn and these platforms, they don't understand how complicated it is really to develop them. Um, tell me a little bit about that process. And I'm sure it took some good time and a lot of learnings. And, and what, what was different about developing the platform that, that you didn't expect? Um, I mean, there are definitely there definitely is a lot to it. And there's a lot, I guess you'd call it kind of under the hood that, you know, keeps everything running. Um, It's kind of a, a, you know, a constant development. There's always new features we're building. Um, You know, we're, we're in the process right now of building our our mobile app. That's one of the the, the big things for 2022. I'd love to tell tell you a little bit more about that strategy as well. Uh, But uh, it, the, the 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 mobile app is kind of that big it's a big shift for us this year we're kind of shifting a lot of that development focus away from desktop to, over to mobile mm-hmm. and why that shift what what did you see that aside from the natural progression of having an app why why do you think this is a mobile product um partially because cannabis is such an in-person industry people love to kind of meet each other face to face Conferences are such a big deal for the industry uh, in all parts of it. I mean, you have a, a marketing meetups, you have, you know, uh, you know, events for uh, the, 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 the legal community, tons of investor events, uh, just general uh, grower events, you know, uh, just big business events like the ones like MJ Biz, for example. Um, so we think because events are such a key part of the industry, networking at those events and providing tools to our members to use while in person at those events, we think is really key to, you know, being a, uh, an effective networking tool for our members. Mm-hmm. What, what an amazing time that we can actually have an app in the app store. How, how cool is that? Um, exactly. Comes so far. I was talking to Kaliba uh, who's developed an app as well and has a really mm-hmm. big uh, strategy around that. So cool. I mean, even, 18 months ago, two years ago, I don't think I, I saw that happen. Right. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, so developing software is not cheap. Tell us a little bit about the fundraising thus far. I know you did a seed invest and you're, and you're working on a new round now, but tell us a little bit about how that experience has been. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's gone really well over, you know, the last couple of years we did do 
uh, we, we've, we've done a couple kind of smaller rounds. We, we, we did a seed round. Uh, we, we raised about a million dollars. And then we did do a, uh, recently we did a crowdfunding round on Seed Invest, uh, which, was, which was really interesting uh, kind of process to go through because it, it's, it's a whole different set of regulations and a whole different kind of, um, a, whole, a whole different process with the, the, the Reg CF campaigns. Um, but we found that really appealing because we, we wanted all of those people to be advocates for LeafWire. So they're, they're not just uh, you know, investors, but you get 500,000 people who all of a sudden are some of your biggest cheerleaders who are out there, not only probably using the platform, but are telling people about it, are, are promoting you to everyone they know. So that's one of those uh, kind of secondary benefits of doing uh, you know, a crowd fund like that. Um, and then we are currently, uh, you, you are correct, we're currently doing a fundraise right now. Um, and it's, it's a convertible note. I'd love to share it. And anyone who's interested in learning more about that, they can contact me via email at peter at leafwire.com and be happy to message share. Message you on Leafwire, right? That's oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you can find me. I'm on Leafwire all day. So uh, you'll, you'll probably see my, you can comment on my posts on there. So yeah, yeah feel, feel free to reach out on Leafwire. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was different about the equity or the, the crowdfunding, the seed invest? I think it's something that a lot of companies are still hesitant to do. You know, they don't, they don't know if it's for them, right? How was your experience? Um, it, was, it was great. I mean, it, it definitely takes a, a little more prep work in terms of there, there's more uh, uh, financial kind of re regulations in terms of uh, the, the reporting you have to have available and get kind of audited. Um, and you have to be uh, careful about what you're publicly saying about the raise as well, um, because as, as part of the Reg CF regulations. Um, in, I mean, one of the things we found, and I mean, I guess this isn't that different than other fundraising, a lot of the kind of funds you raise are in the kind of last 20% of the campaign. Kind of at the end, when you're reaching a deadline, people start to get a little FOMO, uh, you, you read, once you reach 50% of your goal and 75 and then 90%, people start to see that, you know, Hey, this is for real. It's really taking off. You know, you, you, you need to jump in quick or you're going to lose your, you lose your chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and that's not wildly different. I'm sure you're aware of, you know, a, a lot of fundraising happens like that a lot where a lot of what's happening kind of comes in all at the end. Nobody wants to be the first check. <laughs> right of course <laughs> yeah um so i think a lot of investors when they think about cannabis social networks mass roots comes to mind the the tombstone that is mass roots um did you ever use it what does it come up what what do you what do you think the industry learned from that debacle um I never really used that. That was almost before my time, even like I kind of came in around 2017. And even by then, I think it was basically gone. Um, it, it, it doesn't really come up. And I think it's partly because it, it's, it's consumer focused uh, since, um, you know, LeafWire is very much 100% focused on business. So it's, it's not people on there just talking about how high they got and, you know, their favorite strains. Um, it's very much people on there talking about, you know, a new state that got approved or how to get a license or promoting a new, um, you know, vape technology or something. So it's, it's very much, it, it's very different. Um, 
we get more questions about about LinkedIn, like you kind of started with in the beginning, since we're that's really more a comparative of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, I would say one of the things the I mean, the industry probably learned. And I mean, I, I'm sure everyone probably knew this anyway, but um, I mean, they went through, I think it was like 30 or $40 million, like fast. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even 100% clear on kind of how or what they did with that. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's a lot of, you know, funding to go through, uh, you know, as quickly as they did to end up with like uh, almost not, not a product that anyone is using at all at the end. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So I'd, I'd say it's, it's a very different animal. Like I'd say that there's still a question out there. Is there really a need for a social network for consumers? Do, do people really need to go out and talk to other people about what they're, what they're buying and smoking? Or, or do they just need a site that has information, you know, kind of like a Leafly or Weed Maps where they can go find the things they want and see ratings? Like I, there's value in that for sure. I, I don't know if, if you know, for, for a business reason, people want to talk to other people in the industry. They want to ask questions. They want to hire people. They want to find investors. Like, there's very, to me, very clear reasons why people use a business network like a LinkedIn or a LeafWire. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think the, I think one thing that kind of proved is it's, I think it's still uncertain if, if, you know, consumers really want that kind of network or not is, I mean, is Instagram good enough? Do they need another place to post pictures a week? Probably not. No. Yeah. Um, and as it relates to a business model, it's such a different animal because if you have real focused cannabis executives, that lends itself very well to the advertisers that would use your platform as well. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about that side and and um, what what success look like in in yep. sort of that business model. Uh, sure. So um, our major revenue stream right now does come from from advertising uh, companies who are trying to sell into the cannabis industry either advertising on our website or in our emails that go out to all of our members. Uh, and we're up to now, we're close to about 50,000 uh, cannabis business professionals now. Uh, so th there's really no other kind of business network out there like us. Um, I mean, the only thing that you could call it competitive is like a LinkedIn, but obviously we're not trying to go, you know, be, be a LinkedIn. You know, we're trying to be very focused on cannabis. Um, I'd say, you know, for us, like success this year um, is, is probably a very focused around mobile. And, and, the, and the, the reason that is, is because we're gonna be launching this mobile app in the next couple of months. And we're kind of calling it almost like LeafWire 2.0. So, so we've gotten to where we are today with most of the time we've been in existence, we had two full-time employees, um, minimal funding, uh, and we grew to be you know, the biggest app, biggest business uh, network in cannabis with, you know, almost 50,000 people. Uh, we, we built a brand that a lot of people recognize now. Um, but it's kind of just the start. Like, we feel like we're at this, we're going like this, and we need to, you know, hit this inflection point where we can kind of hockey stick up. Um, and we think mobile is the way we're going to do that. And we've had a ton of members asking us, um, when we launch the mobile app, it's going to do a couple things. It's one going to open up a ton of new marketing channels. There, there's a lot of marketing you can do with other mobile apps on phones, uh, getting people to download the app. So there's going to be a lot of new ways to market. 
we're going to attract a lot of new affiliate people. marketing. Is that right? I think that's called affiliate. Marketing. Um, yeah. I mean, if affiliate marketing uh, is, is, is one of the types of, you know, online marketing, I, I, I actually came, uh, I worked for a couple of affiliate marketing companies uh, dec decades ago in my, you know, pre cannabis life. Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of opportunities online, uh, both, you know, on web and on mobile that will, will be opened up once we have an app. And there's also a ton of demographics that just prefer apps. Um, and, and that's what they like, you know, when, when you wake up in the morning, a lot of people roll over, grab their phone and check five apps. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're, you know, sitting in the doctor's office or if you're at a red light or if you're on, on a plane. Uh, so we think we're gonna drive a, a ton of new members um, who will have, you know, more ways to use LeafWire, but also it'll just drive a ton more engagement from our normal, our normal member base who all of a sudden now can use the app. Um, and what we're, what we're really excited about, the reason we're kind of considering this Leaf R2.0 is that we're providing, we're gonna be providing more tools for people to use at events. So in addition to just LeafWire having, you know, all the normal features, the, the, the LeafWire app will have the newsfeed, you can connect with people, you can comment, you can like things, you can look at jobs. So all the same stuff you normally do. Um, but we're gonna add features that people can use at events. Uh, and a, a, a couple example of a couple of those, one, we're gonna have a find near me feature. So imagine you're at an event, well, you can set a radius and it'll say, you could choose you know, uh, a quarter mile, mile, five miles, 10 miles. Uh, you can see all of the LeafWire members who are within a certain mile radius of where you are. So if you're at MJ Biz, and you want to see, hey, you know, who's here, who's here in Vegas for the event, you can set a five mile radius, and you'll probably get most of Vegas. Uh, and it'll show you every single person that's there. And then you can essentially discover that, you know, Joe from, you know, Cureleaf is there, or, you know, so and so from Jane Technology that you've been, you know, wanting to meet, uh, and you didn't realize they're going to be there. So it gives you a chance to set up those kind of fortuitous last minute meetings. So the, the app will let you one, locate who's around you. And, and, that, and that can be very close. Like you, you could set a parameter of 500 feet to see who's actually in the event hall you are, or you could set it for five miles to see who's in the city where you are to like at an event like MJ Biz, you'd probably want to do that because not everyone's at the convention hall. You know, sometimes people are having meetings at different, you know, casinos, et cetera. Um, so one, you'll be able to find the people who are who are there you know geographically uh two we're going to make it so you can then schedule meetings with those people uh th through the leafwire app and and sync it to your your phone calendar right so you can you'll find the people schedule the meetings we're going to add a feature where you can take notes on someone's profile so i don't know about you but when i'm at a conference a lot of times what i'll do is text myself you know or i'll send myself an email so i don't forget something mm -hmm. so this way you can just take notes on someone's profile and it's always there. Um, and we're also going to make it so everyone you connect with in an event is tagged as from that event. So then you can look up when you get home to see all the people you met at MJ Biz. Um, and it'll have any notes you took. It'll be tagged that you met them there. Uh, and then we'll also have a follow-up feature. So you can look up everyone from MJ Biz and you can check a box and send a message to that one person. Or you can select all 30 and send a generic message out to all 30. Maybe, cool. hey, it was great to meet you. Uh, how does you know the rest of this week look for a quick call? Uh, so what we've tried to do is look at the pain points of conferences. Um, and a lot of that is you know finding the right people, scheduling meetings, 
and following up with people after you get home and make it so that why not use the app you're already using with all your cannabis contacts while you're at an event than some other third-party app that you're never going to use again. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just seems like you have your whole network, you know, in that app for cannabis. You, you, why not take advantage of that at those in-person events too? Mm -hmm. um, and we, we've talked with a bunch of people. And, and so that's kind of stage one of the mobile app is providing those tools to conference goers. Our next, uh, and th the next stage is um, kind of V2 or V3 is gonna be providing tools to conference organizers. Uh, so most, most of these big events, at least the ones that have thousands of people, um, they have, you know, a third party app they use. And oftentimes it's like Whova or Attendify. I'm sure you've seen those. Yep. What, what people tell us though, and, and those conference organizers, by the way, typically pay like five to 10 K to those companies per event. Yep. And maybe more if, depending on if they need, you know, more custom setup, et cetera. Um, but what we've been told by a lot of people attending these events, you, you go to an event, oftentimes you have to download an app uh, you've never used before. So you download it, you have to register, then you have to learn how to use it kind of on the spot. Um, most people don't really check it that much. Um, and then what we hear a lot is people get back to their hotel room and they look at it, they're like, oh crap, so-and-so is sending me a message and wanted to meet and I didn't even see it. Um, and then you get home and you never look at that app again. So it's kind of a poor, you know, experience for conference goers all around. So we figured why not work with conference organizers, like people like an MJ biz or like Benzinga or NCIA. And we're, we're friends with, and we know all these people we've done, you know, over the last few years, we've done trades and partnerships with almost everyone. So we figured why not work with these conference organizers, give them a way that they can upload, you know, their agenda, they can upload the map of the event, they can upload the, a list of the parties, they can upload the, the rules for the event, I mean, anything they want in a way that we can store in the LeafWire app and let them do it for free. All they have to do is tell people that LeafWire is their, you know, uh, official app of the event. And that's where you can find all the information about the event. So you don't need paper, you know, papers to carry around with, you know, the agenda, which a lot of the events are trying to get rid of now anyway. No, no, one, no one wants to print thousands of, you know, magazines with, you know, all, all the information in it. So, so we provide organizers a way to, uh, Oh, put their information in there. Um, we, we not only let them use it for free, but we tell them if they list us as their official mobile app, we'll actually promote them for free on LeafWire. So we're not just letting them use the app and saving the money. We'll then help promote and help drive people there. And so then if you're, you know, if you have the LeafWire app, imagine how much easier it is if you're using the same app at every event. And every time you go somewhere, you can, you know, look, find people, connect with people, take notes. And then when you get home, all the information, all your contacts are still all in one place. And the next time you go to an event, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we, we think we can provide a solution to conference organizers that it's kind of a no brainer. It's, you know, it won't cost them anything. And then we throw in promoting them for free, right? So for us, it's 100% a customer acquisition um, strategy. Um, and, and we wanna go not, not just to like the, you know, medium and large events, but there are probably a thousand plus events every year that are like 50 to hundred people, like marketing meetups, you know, a, a group of, you know, 30 lawyers in Chicago that get together every week. None of those events have a mobile app. They're too small. They can't afford one. We can go to every single one of those and, and make the same, um, 
make make the same offer. You know, if they list us in their materials as the official app, we'll, we'll we'll put you know the agenda for those small events. It's probably just a location and a speaker, maybe maybe the hours. You know, they're they're there. Uh, you know, very simple, but but we'll we'll put that in the app, and then we'll also promote it for them. So if you're a small marketing meetup in Detroit, uh, we'll put it on LeafWire, help you promote it, so that we can be that solution for people who didn't even know they they wanted a mobile app, right? So we can go to all those people with 50 to 100, uh, probably a thousand plus events, uh, and just make that offer, and then you know the goal being to be essentially to become the, the, the de facto app that people use at all these events. It's just, you pull out your leaf wire to see who the speakers are. You pull out your leaf wire to connect with someone. And we're gonna actually, we're, we're gonna use QR code technology, just like everyone does now in restaurants and bars that we always joke that, uh, you know, we, we thought QR codes were dead like 10 years, 10 yeah. years ago. And suddenly they're, they're everywhere. Um, and so we figured too, that's another way we can get rid of people having exchange business cards. So every on your app, every member is going to have a little QR code. And if you scan it, uh, you automatically connect it to that person so that you can, uh, and it'll automatically be labeled and tagged as where you met them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a way we can kind of, you know, in a, you know, I, I don't want to say post pandemic because we're still right in the middle of it, but in a, uh, you know, a more aware world of not necessarily wanting to always shake hands or exchange materials to, 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 to also be able to use LeafWire to kind of eliminate that need for business cards. So that's I love that. Um, I mean, COVID or no COVID, I hate business cards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. And, and then you have to, you, you have to, uh, you know, carry, carry them home, enter all the info, uh, oftentimes people, a lot of people just don't follow up at all because they're yeah. busy when they get back. I, I know that I've been to events and I, I would, would hand out like, you know, a hundred cards to people I meet and, you know, typically like one person will reach out uh, and, and it's usually the sales guy for some product that, you know, we wouldn't even ever buy. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of our big focus and we're, we're kind of calling it like LeafWire 2.0 and what we think can kind of take us to the next level where we're not just you know, the, the, the biggest business network, but we're actually the app people are using at all these events uh, because it's useful, right? Because it, it, it saves people time. Uh, it makes it easier for them to stay organized, et cetera. So that's kind of our, our big push for next year. Um, and we think because we're already, you know, the largest business network and because we know all of these conferences and we already have a name in the industry, we, we think there's really no one else that's better positioned than us to, 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 to do this because we're, we're, we're already doing it a different way. We're just kind of, so this is kind of, I guess, a little bit of a pivot in, in more of a focus on mobile and in-person events, you know, which is, you know, in the tech world, of course, you know, companies pivot like every year or so. So uh, I guess, I guess we're, we're, we're due for one. No, it sounds super useful. I mean, not that the current platform isn't, um, but there's nothing like that, as you right. said. I mean, you know, going to conferences, it's a problem. It's hard, right? And, and I, I talk to companies all the time like, okay, well, what did you actually get out of that? You know, you spent $15,000, $20,000. Right. Did you get a certain number of leads? Did you close a certain number of deals? They usually don't have good answers for me. So right. anything to help that ROI, I think is huge. Um, so when you talk about these investor conversations and you're driving much, much more uh, engagement to the platform through mobile and through the event strategy and everything, is the pitch then 
well, the advertising slots, the prices are going to go up a lot. Is that is that kind of the the general business model you're presenting to investors? Uh, so right now, the majority of our revenue is from advertising. Um, and those, you know, advertising rates do go up the bigger you get. That's just kind of, you know, a normal progression. Uh, the, the bigger your email list is, the more you can charge, you know, the the more eyeballs you have, you know, the, the more you can charge on a, you know, cost per thousand if impressions, if you want to charge that way or cost per click. Um, um, but I think longer term, we're, we expect to mirror a little more closely to LinkedIn. So there, there are three primary revenue streams are uh, jobs, uh, advertising and premium subscriptions. So the people pay, you know, I, I think on there, it's like 50 to hundred bucks a month depending on what level you want. Um, so we do have something called LeafWire Pro, which we're kind of rolling out slowly. And it's, it's, it's free right now. Uh, anyone can use it and you get some, some additional features. You get pro messages, which kind of make a message highlighted and you get a couple of those a month. Um, and we're gonna make it so there's um, other features like you can see who, who looked at your profile, you know, somewhere like they have on LinkedIn. We're gonna make some, some more effective searching tools that people can use and find other people. Uh, so LeafWire Pro will be uh, along, and we're gonna start charging for that probably Q3 or Q4. Uh, we wanna get a little more traction, build a few more features. So we think that it, it will be primarily three different SaaS models. One, jobs that people pay for on a monthly basis, uh, the premium subscriptions, and then advertising mm -hmm. uh, are gonna be the three revenue models. And the, the whole, the whole kind of strategy with the mobile launch is uh, member base and engagement. Uh, we may eventually be able to charge uh, for people to use the conference app. You know, we can have upsells for people to be featured in a certain way or to have additional uh, tools that, that, that don't exist yet. But the idea for now is to give it away to everyone, drive as much usage and engagement as possible, and then um, once it becomes more, you know, like, a, like just an industry standard, then we could potentially start charging for it or maybe not. I mean, may, maybe generating the revenue from those other SaaS models is what's driving the company. Uh, and we just continue to use that essentially as like a, a, a marketing customer acquisition tool is by having that, you know, event focus. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, what kind of investor are you looking for? You know, there's kind of the old adage, like, is it just money or is it value or network? What's important to you at this point? Um, well, of course, smart money, you know, uh, a strategic money uh, is always the best. I mean, if, if we can have an investor who comes in and one either has, you know, a, a, a ton of connections in the industry and can help us out that way, or a ton of experience or knowledge with specifically either online marketing, social networks, mobile apps, uh, a, a lot of that experience and know-how could be a huge help as well. So um, we, we, we do have a bunch of what I'd call tech investors, because uh, you know at the end of the day, LeafWire, we're a tech platform that just happens to be serving the cannabis community. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not you know, technically a cannabis company because we don't touch the plant. Um, and that, that's something that's actually really appealing to a lot of investors as well, is that we're kind of the, um, uh, the uh, what they call... Uh, ancillary. 
yeah, ancillary, but also the the term I'm I'm trying to think of is the the the, the companies that are building the tools for the industry. Um, picks and shovels. Picks and shovels. Yes, thank you. Uh, you know that's the, the the big example people use from the gold rush. You know the the only companies that are still around from the gold rush are I think it was like Wells Fargo uh, was the the delivery mechanism for gold. Levi's. And I think there is one other, the, the people that are providing the tools. Yeah. Um, so one, we, we don't have the necessarily the, the risk associated or, or oftentimes, you know, confusion around a regulated industry, um, like, like an actual plant touching company does. Uh, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're not as prone. Uh, so we also, though, give people the chance to take advantage of uh, participate and take advantage of being in the industry without really being exposed to the the kind of the riskier parts of it i guess mm -hmm. um, so that's being a picks and shovels play is something that's appealing to a lot of tech investors yeah no it's awesome you get the exposure to cannabis and you get to see the you know valuations rise as it relates to that but you don't have the same legal liabilities and everything right right i, I think that's been a play in this industry for a while and some people have done it really really well um, very interesting to see over time the sort of phases of investing, how people thought, oh, we got to create cultivation, right? That's what we got to do. And then you see the price of cannabis go down and it's like, well, maybe we need to do finished goods. And then, well, right. maybe we need to do the ancillary side, right? It's all different, interesting angles to go at this industry, but certainly a safer way to do it. I would say safer wet right. um, to do it, uh, particularly at an early stage. Um, very hard to invest in an early stage uh, cannabis company as yep. opposed to, you know, just the capital required versus a software company, which is yeah. uh, really, really interesting there too. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. You talked about how you had a, a digital marketing background. Um, how's that kind of led you here? Why, why'd you start this company? Um, so I, I, I live in Denver. Uh, so I've been in Colorado where, you know, obviously cannabis and recreationally legal for quite a while. So I, I knew some people in the industry, you know, back, you know, in, you know, 2014, 15, 16. Um, and, and I was always intrigued by the industry and I always believed in, in cannabis, you know, as a medicine and as something that should be, you know, available and legal for everyone. Um, so I, I was always a believer Um and I actually got approached by, you know, a couple investors here locally uh, who originally had the idea for LeafWire. And I had started, you know, multiple companies over the last 20 years in the tech space. You know, I, I have, you know, been part of a successful exit with a digital advertising company. Uh, I've grown a couple um, uh, loyalty program type companies to, you know, a couple million members. So I've kind of had that experience of growing companies and fundraising, building member bases. And uh, I, I had known a few of these investors from you know, 10, 20 years ago uh, from a lot of these other companies that I was part of. And so they, they knew that I had done this before uh, and they, they knew that I was interested in the cannabis industry. And they, they came with, with the idea and I essentially quit, quit the job I had at the time. Two weeks later, we were building LeafWire. Uh, so that was in uh, back in like late 2017, and we actually launched in 2018, uh, and it was a kind of just jumped in head first, and now you know it's, it's it's kind of been a blur over the last few years, but you know look it's been you know four years now, um, so it's uh, 
it's, it's been, I, I find it to be a really fascinating, exciting industry. And, you know, it's kind of constantly changing and, um, you know, every, every, every week something new happens that's, uh, you know, presents a lot of opportunities, I guess. The, the constant, you, you can look at it as kind of, you know, uh, you know, confusing and risky, or you see it as an opportunity when you have all these different things changing all the time. So we, we choose to kind of view it as an opportunity. And that's kind of what, what we focus LeafWire on is helping support everyone else who wants to, you know, get into the industry, who wants to, you know, succeed, who wants to help each other find business partners, et cetera. So it's really, it's kind of the spirit behind LeafWire is just to support the community. Very cool. And super important as new markets open up, right? I, I mean, I, I think we take for granted sometimes in California or Colorado, there's such a high level of knowledge. Right. Um, but, you know, if it's it's opening in New Jersey and New York and all these places where people don't have much concept of the plant, let alone the industry behind right. it, you know? And so fascinating, really easy way to jump on and create an account and learn a lot of stuff for free. You right. Know? Um, 100%. Very, very cool there. Um, are you a consumer yourself? I am. Um, some flour, uh, mostly edibles. Uh, I've, I've found a couple of products that have a combination of THC and CBN to be really effective. Nice. I don't know if you've used Sleeping. any of those. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah I, I find that to help a lot with sleep and relaxing. Uh, uh, I, I like the combination of a lot of the, the CBG as well with, the, with THC. Um, and, and CBD products, of course, as well. But, yeah. but, but yes, I find those, uh, those to kind of be the most effective for me. Mm -hmm. If you weren't doing this, if you weren't building LeafWire, what would you be doing? Um, I've been working in different kind of startup companies and industries for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm sure I would be part of a either leading or being part of another you know small team and a, a another emerging industry most likely mm -hmm. yeah interesting um you've been in the industry a few years now um what do you think of where we are you know as a society uh, federally what, yeah. however you want to answer how do you feel about where we are in canada i'm surprised actually it's we're not a little further along uh, i'd kind of assumed that by this year, especially with uh, you know a Democrat administration um, and with all the states that are legalizing, that there would be more uh, more activity at a higher level of things being decriminalized, descheduled, banking, taxes. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised none of that's happened yet. So that's that's I guess what I, I would agree. say. Yeah, I mean, it's, I agree. I mean, it's how many, it, it's funny, I, I just posted something today on LeafWire. Uh, I, I think it's going to be really hard to explain to, you know, people in five or 10 years from now, why it took so long to legalize something that was literally being prescribed as medicine by doctors, and it's still federally illegal. Like, that's just, it's kind of it just doesn't even make any sense. Like, like, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, I totally agree. I, I think it's going to be like gay marriage or abortion or one of these that it's like the right side of history. Right. right. You know, uh, right. 
very it's like why why did it take so long um, why did it take so long yeah it seems yeah, so and, simple seems so simple yeah, yeah especially just from the for the financial implications i can't believe like the government doesn't hasn't enacted some banking regulations just because they want to control the money the money yep. flow yep. i mean i would think it's in their interest to tax everything track everything have 100% visibility into the entire industry rather than having people driving along vans of cash i mean it's kind of it's it's weird i would think it'd be in the government's best interest they would want that mm -hmm. uh so like some of those things have kind of baffled me as to why like and you it, it's funny i so I, I read all these newsletters i read uh, I'm, I'm sure you read top tom angel's marijuana moment mm -hmm. um so you know there's that long list of all the news state by state by state mm -hmm. and every single day there's like probably eight different politicians who've all come out saying they support this or that like every single day i mean and there's all these these hundreds of politicians and people saying they support these things and they want to enact change and and yet it's not it doesn't happen it's, it's mm -hmm. just really kind of bizarre to me that it's been like so little has happened in in such a long time yeah it's very interesting i mean people want to talk about the what or the when a lot of times right they want to say i think it's going to be federally legal in x year and this is how it's going to change everything but i think more interestingly at least like how is that going to arrive because like you said we're in a democratic administration um, we're trying to pass these sweeping liberal legislations, and yet cannabis isn't even discussed. It's not even talked about at the right. high levels. And I don't know if that's because there's still some moral objection to it, and we're dealing with Puritan America still. Right. Uh, have we not done a good job of, of showing the economic value of it? I, I don't know. It's very hard to understand why we haven't progressed further. I, I agree with you. I agree. With yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the economic value has been pretty clearly uh, demonstrated. I mean, looking at states, even like Colorado, that's generated billions of dollars in tax revenue. I mean, not, not even just hundreds of millions, billions, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's just one state. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree it, that, it, it is strange that you don't see it being talked about. And you could ascribe that to the fact that we are still in a pandemic. Uh, we, we do have, you know, a lot of these other big issues uh, that people are trying to pass, but I don't know, you'd think, you know, you'd think you know, most of these politicians can do more than one thing at a time. Like there's no reason we can't be, you know, mandating vaccines and distributing tests and also having a vote on, you know, legalizing banking for for legal companies. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so, uh, I mean, hopefully that's happening this year. Some of those things, it Maybe. it doesn't really seem clear that it is though. I think we've kind of worked ourselves into this interesting middle ground where the folks that really really wanted legalization got it in their states, and so there's there's less pressure and movement at the federal level, I think, right? It used to be like, legalize it, get people out of jail, all this stuff. And now that's happening. And we're sort of leaving the commercial side out of it in some mm -hmm. ways, right? As a society, we've decided this is okay. 
and yet we don't want to regulate it and and include it in every other business conversation that we have. Very interesting how that's come together. And then that makes me think, is it a religious, is it a moral question? Why don't people, not just people, politicians, why don't they care about this issue? So right. it's unclear to me. It's just unclear. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, I think that's as good a place to start to wrap up as any. Thank you so much for your thoughts and good luck with LeafWire. Um, anything you want to plug, obviously go to leafwire.com, create an account, check it out. Are you hiring for anything? How, how, can, uh, how can our audience help you? Uh, we're always looking for great salespeople. So uh, if anyone looking to get into the industry, um, it's, a, it's a great entry point. Um, I mean, probably, I mean, for us right now, a lot of the focus is on, you know, finishing up this fundraise where we're looking for, you know, a couple more investors. Uh, and I would, you know, encourage anyone who's interested and wants more detail on that to, to reach out to me either on LeafWire or just Peter at leafwire.com. Happy to share, you know, a full, you know, full pitch deck, et cetera, uh, with anyone who wants more info. But there still is, there still is opportunity. And, you know, you know, I always tell people that, you know, we're still early in this, like cannabis is still a young industry. LeafWire is still a young company, you know, you could still get in now. It's, you're still getting in at a point where, you know, we haven't hit this like, you know, big hockey stick yet. Like, we, there's still a chance to kind of get in in the ground floor. Um, it, you know, it's, it's not too late still to, I think, generate a big return from cannabis. And, um, you know, I, I think the picks and shovels companies are great. I mean, not just LeafWire, but a, a lot of the others that are providing technology to the industry are really great opportunities and, and are only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as every state legalizes. So that, that's kind of one of the exciting things for LeafWire is, or in the industry as a whole, is there's this automatic growth that's going to keep happening. You know, every six months to a year, you have a few more states go legal. Uh, the, the industry will naturally get bigger and bigger and bigger every single year for the next probably decade. Uh, so you, and there's very few industries I feel like you can say that about with assurance. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just the trajectory of legalization is making it so that you have this interesting, you know, financial opportunity right now. You know, the, a lot of people view as like a, a generational opportunity where people can generate a lot of wealth uh, by getting into some of these companies, you know, LeafWire being one of them. Uh, and you, you can actually still make a really big return because it's, everything's young, everything's growing and it, it's going it, to, it's almost guaranteed continue to grow for the next 10 years. So we yeah. think it's just an exciting place to be right now. I mean, you said you have 40 or 50,000 active users, which is great. Congratulations on that. But if you think about how many more users are going to want to access cannabis industry knowledge and networking, I, I don't even know how to quantify the number. Honestly, yeah, we've, so we've, we've tried. It's there, there's no real good, there's estimates of like the number of people working in plant touching companies, uh, you know, companies like New Frontier Data put out, there's like 300,000 people who work at plant touching companies. But most people think there's probably five to six X that that are from ancillary companies, you know, so another say like 1.5 million more people. And then think about everyone who wants to invest in cannabis, or everyone who wants to look for a job in cannabis. I mean, there's multiple millions more who want to get in the industry, who want to learn about the industry. So we always look at, you know, our total addressable market is, you know, at least five to 10 million people who, you know, could be using a platform like a LeafWire. Uh, and that's even just, just today. I mean, that's going to continue to grow. So you're right. I mean, the, the upside and potential 
is huge. I mean, there's so many people out there and the industry is only going to get bigger. Um, you know, like, like I said, as legalization continues, it's going to it's going to tick off one state at a time. Good stuff. Well, congrats on what you built so far. Good luck with the app. I think you're in an awesome place. I'm looking forward. I'm sure I'll be using it myself. And uh, it's been great to have you on, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.